What is happening guys and welcome to the Barber Culture Podcast with me, Don Quinn. A platform created for growth, knowledge and wisdom from the industry's leading professionals. Up next we have Mr. Michael Damiano, one of the lead educators for the WOW UK team. Mick's tenure career has certainly made an impact on many people, performing at over 200 shows. Through Michael's wisdom and stories, we uncover his childhood growing up in a hairdressing Italian family and how he shifted from hairdressing to barbering. How he became part of the WAL Educating team and what it takes to perform at such a high level. This interview is jam-packed, guys, and I'm really excited for you to hear it. So, without further ado, welcoming Mr. Michael Damiano. How's it going? All good, thank you. How's it going for you? Yeah, not too bad. I'm uh, enjoying lockdown. As we said earlier, my little boy's driving me crazy. How about you? Do you know what? I I couldn't stand the first few weeks. I'm going insane because I'm used to being so busy. I'm kind of enjoying it now. It's mad. It's like two months later and I'm like, actually, I'm getting used to this life now and and, uh, (laughs) I don't want to enjoy it too much. I'm going (laughs) a bit crazy. So I'm thinking, yeah, it's not too bad. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm... I'm getting there. It's all right. I'm just uh, eager to get back to work, but yeah, it's, it's all right. It's, it's going quicker thing. than I expected. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's a scary thing thinking that you've got to go back to normality. Maybe in like what are we now we're in May, so maybe July time, couple of months time. Yeah, I don't even know what day it is today. What day is it today? Uh, when <laughs> Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, going back to yeah, obviously about the news yesterday. Uh, yesterday, the announcement, and going back into July. Yeah. But it's not even going to be normality. Like you say, it's going to be normality. It's not. When we go back, it's still going to be very, very different to how we left it. So I don't yeah. know what to expect right now. Have you, have you just opened – am I right in saying you've just opened your own barbershop now? You've, you've split ways with your partner you were with? Uh... Oh, so, so basically I've um, run Image Barbers now for 12 years, and I've recently closed it and opened up a new shop under a new name called Damiano Hair. Um, and that was meant to be open during this period but it's still won't be open so i'll be ready for lockdown after it's done yeah 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 it's a big thing opening up again i or like not just opening up but like just big changes like starting up a new business and yeah yeah so basically yeah it's 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 crazy because all all my staff pretty much have ventured out by themselves now um got their own shop so it's just it was just a big massive change um it's basically what how i started it was a, it's a family-run business my parents were hairdressers so i yeah. grew up near salon um and they they just did hairdressing only they didn't do any barbering so i grew up in their salon then established by myself got my own shop a barbershop next door to their salon um ran that for a few years and our partner came in involved Kate Kate burgess he came over and we kind of teamed up and he brought into the business and we worked together since then he's gone his own way now and I decided to just re reinvent myself and instead of calling it Image Barbers, just I just have a new name and start from there, start from scratch again. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it gives you a new identity then. You've got to change up like your way of thinking, like new ways of doing things and stuff like that. Is yeah. it? So you said twelve years. How long were you um, in partnership with him? Right. So this is so basically um, he's come on board. He was part. He was a staff member for. 10 years he was a staff member um and for the last four years he 
he basically wanted to go and get his own shop. Um, but we worked so well together and he's helped pretty much he's helped Image Barber create its name as well. So both sat down and think, well, why are we gonna go our separate ways? Why can't we just get involved together? So he bought into the business about four years ago, so we've been partners. Um and just went from there. Yeah, decided now that um we were just other circumstances now that he's just wants to develop by himself and so do I. So yeah. But we're still, yeah. we're still great, great friends. So yeah, 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 yeah. There's no bad blood. <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you're saying. I mean, you know, your, you were saying about your story, Dan, your parents were hairdressers. Obviously, um, with a name like Michael Damiano, they're probably Italian. <laughs> yes. So both my parents, my mum was born in Sicily. Um, my dad was born in England, but obviously his parents were born in Italy. So they, my dad's from Campbell Bastel. My mum's from a village in Sicily. Um, they both were hairdressers. They grew up, well, they met in a hair salon. They were just salon juniors when they met. Uh, Did you say Campbell Bass? Campbell Bass, or yeah. Yeah, that's where we're from. <laughs> Wait, there we go. <laughs> I'm, half, I'm half of that, so, um, and half Sicilian. So, and I was born in England, so I've got Italian background, Italian heritage. Being, um, so yeah, they they pretty much met each other when they were working for somebody else years ago when they were salon juniors, and then they up getting their own business together. And I grew up into the business, so basically when you're trying to find babysitters um they just brought me to the salon chucked me in a staff room with some toys and stuff and <laughs> i kind of grew up in being a hairdresser so i knew i knew i, I was i i didn't when i was young i didn't want to be uh, a hairdresser or a barber i was very artistic i was good at drawing i was good at like designing graphics i was good at my hands at one point i wanted to be an actor i wanted to do i was studying drama and stuff but i grew up in the family business and I actually started off as a hairdresser, not a barber. And I'll be honest, I didn't like it. I didn't have a passion for it. I was doing it, but mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy it. I was doing ladies there and I thought, oh. So I went to college and I was kind of, to be honest, I, I didn't know what to do after mm-hmm. I left school. Because telling my dad, oh, I need a couple of grand to go acting school. He was like, no. Being an Italian dad, he was like, you're not doing that. You're going to yeah. come work for me and sweep the floors and make teas and coffees. So not always I forced into it. I just kind of got led into it. Um, yeah. And then I, while I was training, I trained at a college, Barnfield College in Luton. I was training my hairdressing there. And I was, as I was fascinated, I walked past a barbering class. And I never forget it from this day. I was about 17 years old, 16 years old. I was walking past the barbering class. And one of the tutors was demonstrating a design of a Tom and Jerry design at the back of someone's head. Now, this was the first time I saw this. Like, I was like, I was fascinated. I was like, oh my, what? Like, this what got me. And because I was kind of, I had, a, I had a passion for art at school, I was like, wow, I didn't know we can do this. I didn't know we can actually draw on heads and draw on scalps. I was like, I was eager. So every day I kept watching, I kept going into the class. And so the teacher turned around to me and says, why don't you join our barbering class? You spend more time here than you do in your hairdressers. And I was like, well, yeah, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to do that. So the, I, the first thing I was fascinated by is when he put me a client in front of my chair. I was just like, I just want to do patterns. I just want to design. I want to draw. That's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to draw on people's heads. Yeah. So I learned patterns and design work before I could even cut hair, before I could fade, before I could use scissor overcomb, clipper overcomb, all them techniques. Um, so I, that's what got me drawn into it, and I found a love for it. And that moment there, I thought, yep, this is what I want. And then I started learning and having a passion for fading and cutting and doing it all. And to be fair, to be funny, when I left the actual college, Barnford itself, um, I spent three years there doing my level NVQ level two and three. They actually offered me a job to stay on as a tutor to teach the pattern design work. Um, 
and at the time I was, I was like 18 I was like I can't I don't know how to teach I'm so young and yeah. they um, offered to, to keep me on there to just teach one or two classes just design classes and from there I ended up working there for two years at Barnford College as a, as a tutor so yeah so, so there's just, always been a um, like a spirit for education with you like you've always had some sort of hand in or they wanted you to work in education sort of thing yeah I didn't look at myself as I mean I was the naughty boy at school I was I never took anything serious and I was mischievous at school so being a teacher itself I was like oh am I the right person for this yeah um, but I did it and obviously back then you obviously you just think about the money back then that's what I thought of. I was like oh yeah well how much does a teacher get paid I want to do this <laughs> but I did I loved I loved it it was such a great experience and I, was, I stayed on for two years and I loved teaching and sharing my knowledge with others um it's just what got me started and watching other people I thought well I can actually pass on my knowledge and actually help people and I loved it ever since yeah so yeah no that's good and then when at what point did you start like doing competitions sort of entering them for wall and stuff like that yeah so but when I first started barbering I didn't know such a thing about competitions in 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 barbering or hairdressing um and then you start doing your research you start seeing things I think one of the first competitions I entered was like a, a wall competition at MySpace and you actually send off, you said it was like you send off pictures and you need to win a, like a limited edition clipper. That's like one of the first things I did and I won it. And that's what got me a taste for winning. I was like, oh, I like that. I got, got the notes for that. So I started researching other competitions. There's a, a, a competition that's been going on for years, Battle of the Barbers, that's always hosted in Islington in London. It's a live competition. You go up on stage against 10 other barbers. Um, I entered that a few times. I've entered also um, Barber of the Year. I, I, Afro Barber of the Year, which I won three times right. now. So I won that in 2011, 15, and 17, which gets you into the Hall of Fame. So I'm very grateful to be a part of that. We put my name up in that, but I'm part of the Afro. Because when I first started as well, Afro was a big thing for me. Yeah. I was surrounding myself with all my friends. All, everyone had Afro Caribbean hair. So I kind of learned on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing a lot of Afro hair, especially when I was doing my design work, it stands out so much better on Afro hair. So I found mm-hmm. love. Everything just showed up. Everything was more sharp. Our hairlines, patterns, I'm, it all showed up. So when I did my competitions, I was I was choosing Afro hair to work on because it just showed off a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so I was doing that. So I won. Yeah, I won Afro Afro Barber the Year three times, um, which is a photographic competition as well. And I was intrigued by themes. So when I was looking at inspiration for that type of work, it was all like films and movies and stuff. I I calibrated with I thought oh I like that idea so one of my themes was like the Pirates of the Caribbean theme where I had four models all makeup it wasn't just a haircut I got really involved with, with makeup and the styling and all that side of it as well just getting yeah. creative just getting creative yeah. I find in competitions you can get to do things you can't normally do in a salon or a barbershop because you're following your clients orders their desires how, how they want their hair you can't yeah. really get creative and say hey I want to do a, a shape your hair into a crown or I'm going to put Tom and Jerry or Mickey Mouse at the back of your head. You're like, oh, no thanks. <laughs> so if you get to do stuff in competitions, which I found, is you show your creativity, which you, can, you can't really do. I think I've seen your Mickey Mouse one. Oh, I'm pretty sure yeah. I have. I think it was like um, a back. Well, I can't remember what the picture looked like. It was sort of from the back a little bit, and it just had this massive silhouette of Mickey Mouse. Was that yeah, right? Yeah, I shaped someone's afro in, in a Mickey Mouse. Um, yeah, like, like it. Head and ears, so the back of him. Yeah, I had a picture where I um I shaped someone's afro. To be honest, I, I'll I'll tell you a little secret now. I didn't exactly shape his afro. I shaped his round, so it was a round base, and added extensions on as is. 
<laughs> class, yeah. yeah. For, the comp- for the actual photographic competition, and then he's looking into the mirror and staring back at Mickey Mouse, which was edited, which was quite cool. So it was fun, really fun. Yeah, but it shows your creative side then, doesn't it? It's not so much like, even if you have got to add on a few things. Look at women's here. Look what they do, the, the lengths they go to to do these competitions. They're adding on loads of extensions, loads of colours, everything. So Yeah, it's all like the avant-garde stuff. That's good. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing what you can do with hair. When you go to these hair shows and you can get so creative with it. And it, I think every barber and hairdresser have got this artistic side of them. So we are artists. And I find a lot of people, especially when I teach patterns now, a lot of people say to me, oh, I I'm not very artistic. I can't do patterns. I can't do that. Well, we're hairdressers. You can. You've got the artistic flair inside of you. You're just not, you've not shown it yet. So yeah. I do believe when you're doing design work, a lot of barbers and hairdressers say to me that they can't do it, but I think everyone can. It's always up. It's always there for someone to do. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I think like these days, um, obviously back then, I say back then, what we talking 10 years ago, maybe? Mm. Is it 10 years ago? I mean... <sighs> like you have to enter competitions to get noticed or to get recognized in some way shape or form but these days it seems to be like there's a big shift now isn't it with social media like how people are getting noticed through social media and their profiles are showing through do you think these days like it's easier to be recognized as a barber in comparison to what it used to be yeah i mean with social media we're so lucky to be in this generation to have social media again when i first started it wasn't as big i saw i've been cutting hair 15 years now and it wasn't as big so to publish your work on social media wasn't a huge thing it was competitions um competitions it does it gets you noticed um but i think one way or the other to get you noticed if you're where you want to be if you want to be noticed it's just have passion for what you do someone's going to notice your passion someone's going to notice what you do but um social media is it is very um, it's a great platform to to showcase your work. Unfortunately, sometimes it can be very cruel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be very upsetting. I mean, I've I've taught a few people in my classes where they're too scared to upload pictures because other barbers or other hairdressers in the industry will criticise it. And I try to remember, I've tried to make them to remember. If I post a picture on my Instagram or social media, I'm not doing it to show off in front of other barbers. I'm doing it to show my clients what I can do. At the end of the day, they're the ones that pay my bills. I want to show clients, this is what work I can do. This is what I've won. This is what I've achieved. And that's what I want to attract. I don't want to tag 100 barbers and show you, hey, look, this is what I can do. I don't need to. So I find when it comes to social media, it's great. It's a great community. But I think we all need to stick together and give each other encouragement instead of criticism. I've seen that a lot on, online. And it's not nice because then a lot of people are not, they're too scared to show their creativity now because someone, other barber hairdressers criticize it, which is not nice. Yeah. Um, so I think competitions, yeah, I think competitions are a big thing to get noticed. I think everybody wants a haircut off a winner, whether it's a small competition, a big competition. If you walk into a barbershop or hairdressers and you see a trophy on their on their station or their units, it's like, wow, you've won that. And it makes the clients feel good. Like, my hairdresser's a winner. My barber's a champion. And they do, they're the, your biggest word of mouth. They're your biggest advertisement. They go around saying, and they will. I've heard people say, oh, yeah, my barber's this. He's won this competition, that competition. So it does. It gets you noticed. It gets you around. Yeah, yeah. It gets people talking, I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah, and, definitely. Um, you know, I think it's it's using social media to monetize on what you've got. Um, that's what I try and do anyway. I think, you know, if you're using it for clients, then... <sighs> it's a good thing i think if you're using it just to mock everyone else then i suppose hating it's not really going to get you that far is it no and unfortunately but, you're going to get that <laughs> yeah 
yeah it's exactly it's good to have haters i suppose because it's just fuel to make you more determined to uh, do well <laughs> yeah that's all i tell myself anyway well just do what i do i just block them straight away so you don't get any problems off anyone <laughs> it's a shame we have to do that though it's such a shame it's such yeah. a shame we have to go to that extent of blocking people but it's it happens and to be honest if people are criticizing your work it's i always say it's be it's so good to be the best known instead of being the best at what you do because if people are taking time out to criticize your work hey at least they're getting the views at least you're seeing your at least they're seeing your work still so yeah, that's what yeah. i say you're getting the view. to me it's the views it's not the likes so that's yeah. what, that's what matters to me yeah and and you know when we when i was talking with alan the other day we were saying about you know what are you using it for are you using it for your clients or are you using it to get noticed? Do you want to be an educator? What do you want to do? Like, you know, because half the time, you know, if you're just using it for your clients, then just give them what they want. Just put up a few photos just so they can see what you can do. Um, yes. and, and like, you know, you've you got a chance of making more clientele then, I suppose, haven't you? Just by forget about what everyone else is saying. They're not going to know, you know, a client's not going to know that there's a, 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 a tiny little line in your fade which, you know, maybe some barbers will notice, but they're not going to notice. So. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Who cares? Anyway, is there any particular sort of social media platforms you use, or is it just in- Instagram? I think Instagram's my favourite. I love Instagram. I think that's a good one. I, I do have Facebook. I do have um, Snapchat and stuff like that, but Instagram is my go-to uh, social media content, which I, I pretty much use all the time. I don't really use Facebook at all, to be honest yeah how do you manage like um sort of i don't know how often you educate i mean there's not absolutely tons of shows every single week so do you find it's quite easy to manage educating and um having a salon like together yeah i love i love uh breaking my week up and doing things different if i was in my shop five days or six days a week i'd probably go insane if i was doing education five six days a week i'd probably go insane so i love the breakup um uh, when I was actually, because I was running a shop, I was working for the college, and I also as well, that's when I started working for Wilds. I actually had three things going on. Um, unfortunately, that's why I had to leave the college because it just got too much. It was just yeah. too much going on and trying to please. I'm a yes man as well. I try and please everyone apart from myself. So yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, I'll take it all on. Um, um, it was. I like. It's, it's, I love having a great balance of it. So if I'm doing a couple of hair shows. Again, like you said, it's not it's not every time, it's not every week. I sometimes get like three or four in a month. Um, so it's the pressure is not there yet. Not like Simon, who's out every single day, going from one place to the next place to the next place. Sometimes I'm like, how do you even do it? It's like I've yeah. seen loads of him. He's like done a free Sun International massive show, and then he's like getting on a plane to go to India the next day. And I'm like, how have you got this energy? <laughs> what? How are you doing it? I was like, I'm so tired from it. And um, yeah he's been again he's been a, a massive inspiration to me for when i was younger watching him and what he does he's helped me and push push myself to limits if i could see him doing it, i thought yeah do you know i want to do it if anything's possible so yeah one in the shop and doing hair shows it keeps the balance it keeps me on my toes because sometimes when you do a, such a big hair show and you're on stage with hundreds of people you, it sometimes it can get to your head a little bit and you live you touch it up in the clouds and this is great so coming back down to your shop and dealing with customers keeps you on your toes and it keeps you bright it keeps you grounded i think so it's yeah good. that's important to have that balance yeah yeah i suppose like you know you've got so many people seeing you and you get all this sort of attention yeah um i suppose that is a good thing having the barbershop there because that that is your sort of um 
yeah, like you said, that's your that's your grounding. That's that's how you remember where you are and you know who exactly. your best friends are and that kind of thing. Yeah. And with Wal and Mick, there's there's a massive diversity um, between you five, um, Alan, Simon. Like you've all got your own little niches, haven't you? But yeah. how important do you think it is for a barber to be quite versatile with the way they cut? I think. Um... I think everyone should have their strong points and weaknesses. Basically, if you have five barbers or five hairdressers in your shop, everyone will have a strong point. Everyone will have a weak point. My weak point may be someone's strong point, which makes a great team. It's like having a football team of defenders, midfielders and strikers. Everyone's got their job. Everyone's got their role. Yeah. Um, so I think with, 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 with the wild team, we've all got our own niches. We've all got our own personalities. Um, we've all do, we all cut hair very differently. We've all got something to offer, which I think yeah. is massively important. Not just for an artistic team, but even a staff in your barbershop. You'll have uh, I know I know I've got I had six barbers in my barbershop, and uh, a child will walk in with a mother and say, "Okay, which one would you want?" And he'll pick his favorite barber just by looking at their style, their image, who they are, what they're about. Mm-hmm. You just say, "Yeah, I want him. I want him to cut my hair." And I think that's what we can bring something different to the table as well. We all offer something very different. We've got our strong points and weaknesses, which makes a great team. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. I think um, just, you know, when you go into the shop, I don't know if you'll find this, but you'll always get a group um, of boys and they'll tend to have one barber and another group of boys love their barber. Yeah. You know, and you, you'll find you'll resonate more with different kinds of people and then different types of styles and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, definitely. But do you do, do you do a lot of scissor cutting then or is it... You know, like, do you do a lot of sectioning like you see, you know, I don't know, with like how you see men spire and people like that? Or do you have a different kind of way of cutting? Yeah, so when I first obviously started, as I've said to you earlier, I started up in hairdressing. So that's the first thing I did was pick up a pair of scissors and comb before I picked up a pair of clippers. So obviously working the section in and I worked all from that. Um, and I think it helped me from when it came into barbering, having that small little bit of knowledge that I learned from it. It helped me a lot from doing that so I know working in my barbershop sometimes I I was doing longer haircuts and the sectioning but it wasn't my favorite and sometimes because I wasn't doing it enough sometimes if you don't do it enough you feel not as comfortable doing it so if some person came in with longer hair in the shop you kind of feel oh, you kind of avoid it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's like, oh, I'm just gonna slow down my hair so you get him next or him get him next but you got to come out of your comfort zone I think it's so important to come out of your comfort zone so if there's something that you're not so comfortable with if it's long hair or short hair skin fades whatever it is i think it's always important to just challenge yourself and do it you don't have to be the best at it um like i said to you but it makes a great team in a barber shop if someone came in with longer hair and we were like right well we know who's the perfect barber or the perfect hairdresser to be doing your hair i yeah. can possibly do it but i think you're going to get better results having this person to do it which makes uh, going back to the wild team um if, uh, if someone came in and wanted like a, a flat top i'm gonna give it to carl blake there's no way I could, no, I know I can do a flat top, but I think Cole Blake is one of the best at it who could do an old school flat top. And I'll be like, yeah, he's going to do a better job than my yeah. And And I think that's so important to have as well, because I think clients appreciate that. And, and when it comes to knowledge, I think people learning, if they came to learn a flat top of me, I mean, when it comes to Afro hair, I would love to do a flat top. And all day, hair. yeah. All day long, I'd love to do it. But when it comes to Caucasian hair, not, not, not so much. I kind of struggle in them areas. So again, I think it's important to have people that have all these different strong areas in your team yeah you got each other's backs that way <laughs> yeah 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 i am the same my brother does the flat top the old school sort of 
he blow dries it all up. He gets it proper square, you know. So I think, um, like me myself, I'm the same as you. I'm, a, I'm I'm more of an afro guy. So if you come in with an afro, I'm fine. I can do the flattest flat top you've ever seen. Yeah. But if you give me uh, Caucasian hair, I, yeah. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> but I like, think, I think it's so important to um, I think it's so important to kind of admit that as well. There's nothing like like Simon says it so many times. There's nothing wrong of asking for help because I think that's what makes you stronger and a stronger person. So if there's someone in my shop that I'm not so confident with, I'm not going to lie to them. I'm going to say, I'm not the man to do this. I'm not the person to do that for you. I've had people that, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm quite well known to do design work and patterns, and I've had people come up to me and bring in these ridiculous portraits of their dog, and they're like, can you put this in my hair? <laughs> I'm going to be honest, no, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. Yeah, um, but I know someone that can, and I put them in the right hands. So <laughs> yeah, I see. I see this guy out in New Zealand, and he's doing like, he's doing some crazy portraits on the back of people's heads, like it crazy. Is amazing, it? it is amazing. Uh, I think someone in uh, Rob the Original as well in America, he's known for that. Um, and it's yeah, it's ridiculous. We had uh, Miguel Rosas from, he's a part of the artistic team in America as well. He came down to Salon International not last year, the year before. And he was doing portraits. And uh, I was taken from him as well because I'm good at doing cartoon characters and character chores if he was here. But when it comes to realism, I'm not that great. And I think it, if you're, it's a very brave thing to do because it's got to look like that person. It's got to look like that object. Otherwise, it's not going to look great. So yeah. It's, yeah it's, um, again, it's just an art. It's ridiculous how I've seen some barbers. It's amazing what they do. I know. Yeah. I mean, like, I know a lot of people listening to this now will be thinking, um, obviously, the guys in America doing all the portraits and everything like that. There must be something more going into it. Surely there's like, I don't know, you know how they use the coloring and stuff like that, you know, because you can imagine they jump out of the shower and they they wash it all up and it just looks like a stick man. (laughs) There is a lot of color enhancements. I've seen a lot of other, but I think if it helps and improves the class, if it improves, because if you're going to have a portrait, you're doing it to showcase. Yeah. This is my impression. You're not not meant. You're gonna find it rare when people come in and say, "Hey, I want actual portrait back of my head." Yeah. Um. So a lot of it is showcase work. So why not use color enhancement if it's for showcase? If you're on stage, if it's for competitions, if it's for for photography work, why not? Yeah. Um, but admit it, say it, and incorporate into what we do, and then show us how to use the colors and show us how to incorporate that. But I know what you mean. If someone came to my barber shop and says, "I want a portrait. I want this." And you colour it in to make it look even better, and they walk home. They're going to be so disappointed when they wash their hair out. Um, so yeah, yeah, you can do what you can with hair, but obviously you can always always improve it with a bit of colour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm talking about sort of. I, I want to go back to education and people talking about education. What sort of education do you offer? Because I've seen I've seen that you do um, the Michael Damiano. Is it like a wall? It's personal education that you do, or is it? Uh, no, we all we all do. Uh, we all cover. So with with while we've got uh, courses that offer pattern design work, which uh, me and five kind of cover that at the moment. Uh, and then we've got obviously like the shave, where Carl and Simon will cover that. Um, so we've all got our own. It's not our own personal courses. Uh, yeah. But obviously, we've got our strong points and then t- type of courses. So what I offer a lot of the skin fading courses, a lot of the Afro Caribbean courses with afro hair and a lot of the pattern design courses which i covered for a while um but again we've got like um like solid foundation courses and advanced courses and stuff like that but we we all cover everything but they're the ones that i focus fully on 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose it's good to so that they offer them courses because everyone can pick their own individual thing. You know, like, I mean, Afro-Caribbean, I could always do, I could always improve on Afro-Caribbean here. And I know a lot of boys say to me that they can improve on Afro-Caribbean here. So it's loads of, people have got their strong points and their weak points, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, but going on to how you find motivation so do you know when you motivate yourself now obviously yeah. you've got to do a lot of work haven't you you do a lot for a while and you've got um, you've, you've you've come a long way you've grown a lot do you find goal setting is something that you've done personally hugely hugely i write out all these things i want to achieve all my goals even if it's something ridiculous even if it's something you think in your head i really can't achieve this i'm going to write it down as a goal i write goals down nearly every day um yeah because i find if you write goals down every day you're going to achieve them more than writing them once a month or once a year. I know a lot of people say to me, oh, have you really got, when it comes into new year, oh, I'm going to write my goals out for the year. I'm like, well, what about like for the year? Like, why not every day? Why don't you challenge yourself every single day? Because if I write my goals out every single day, I'm going to achieve at least one of them. Um, yeah. So goal setting is hugely important for me. It is to keep your motivation is so hard. Sometimes we get them days where obviously we, we have a good day. And we're like, right, I'm so looking forward to going back into work. It's like right now on lockdown, every barber is going to be so motivated to get back in that shop. <laughs> yeah. We're just so excited the first day, the second day, the third day, like, oh, yeah, back to routine, back to work. Here we go. <laughs> so it's hard to keep that motivation going. So um, it is. You've got to push yourself. Um, the, the, the things that I go for motivation is books, reading. Obviously, social media is a huge thing as well. When you're looking at motivational quotes and memes and stuff like that, it keeps you going. And all of a sudden, you can feel so crap in the morning. You wake up and you see something that's motivational you're like oh right i want to do it social media is a huge thing as well because when you're seeing other barbers and other hairdressers doing what you want to be doing it kind of keeps your ass in gear yeah oh hang on i should be doing that i could be doing that look at that and i admire people that are always using social media content always pushing themselves because it kind of makes you want to push yourself i want to push myself and you see am i being a bit lazy so again it keeps you we're all in competition with each other yeah someone else doing something right i want to be doing that oh I've got no excuses. I want to achieve that. So yeah, it's, it's hard to keep motivated. It's hard, so hard to keep motivated. But it's it's, it's something you've just got to try and do if you really, really want something and you want to gain it. You got to keep yourself motivated at all times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like you know as well, going back to my interview with Alan is very similar to yours. He talks about books and stuff. And I asked him, you know, what what's your what's your favorite books that you've you've read or. So I know I'm, one of them, I think. I think I've seen you... Uh... <laughs> With my Grant Cardone books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen those. So I like motivational speakers um, and entrepreneurs, millionaires, rich people. I like following stuff like that because I find them so um, encouraging to make you and push you do more. I know sometimes that you can look at them and you think, well, that's how they're making their money and you're getting sucked into it. But I think there is a point where you could relate their business to your business. You can relate what they're saying to what you are doing. They're not hairdressers, yeah. they're not barbers, but what they're saying, it can reflect on what you can be doing as well. Um, so I love reading motivational stuff, stories, autobiographies, um, and to see how people got their success and you can relate them to what you can do to gain it as well. Because not everyone's story can, if you follow the way Richard Branson lived his life, it's not going to make you Richard Branson, is it? But you can reflect on little things and similarities that can help you. You think, oh, actually, I do that already. So I'm already on the right path. So things yeah. like that, it kind of helps you and it keeps you motivated. I think um, with the Grant Cardone book, I mean, I must have read that 
three, maybe four times. I mean, I'm not saying I implement yeah. everything that he talks about, but but I think um, I think his 10x rule is is something to live by, isn't it? Because if you really want to achieve success, do you know what 100%, I mean? 100%. That's what I talk about goals. This is exactly what I was saying earlier about my goals. I got it from his book. He writes down goals all the time. And I think if you exceed, if you're trying to, for those listeners are wondering what's 10x, what is that? It's just doing something 10 times you would normally do. If you're going to go and do something, times it by 10 and you're going to get it done. It is, I think it's a great rule to live by. And it's so, um, I think it's so, it's, it's very motivational. I think it's something that I've kind of followed by as well. And just trying to exceed, even if you feel like deep down you can't accomplish it, just go out there and just do it. There's no excuses. Just go out and do it. Yeah. No, I, I I think it's a good rule to live by because even though you might not achieve that goal 10x, you're yeah. going to achieve the original. You're going to surpass the the original goal that you writ, you yeah. know, because you times it by 10, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I just love it. I love it. <laughs> Great. I love um, Wait, go on, Cardone. I love it. I love watching these social media content. He's just so, he's again, um, going back to people that motivate me, he's one of them. He's up on that list as well, so. Yeah. Do you know what got me with the book, though, when he says about being omnipresent? Like, he's everywhere at once, isn't he? Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And I'm like, how? How can you? He's on social media. He's traveling the country. He's got kids. He's got, he's a billionaire. Like. <laughs> yeah. And, and you would think as well, a lot of people say, I mean, if he can do it, why can't we do it? A lot of people say, oh, I can't do that because I've got my kids or I can't do that because I've got this. And it's excuses. He mentions about excuses all the time. And like he's everywhere and he's all over social media. And social media is something that I think I lack in a bit as well. I don't use it as much as I should be. Um, and, and again, it's just I think social media is what gets you noticed. It's what gets you out there. And he's another one that says it's being the best known. It's not being the best, it's being the best known. So even if you're sick of someone's social media content because they're out there all the time, Oh, I'm sick of this guy. I'm going to delete him. Every time I go on my Instagram, he's just posting so many pictures. He's, you know him. So why yeah. not? He's doing, he's doing what he set out to be, is be known. You're going to be talking about him. He's going to be yeah. like, he part of yesterday. He's so annoying. But yeah, he's he's doing well because you're talking about him. So, yeah. And he and he says, uh, I think he was saying, because he was like cold calling so many people, wouldn't he? And he was saying that he, they were getting so many complaints. And he's like, ramp it up. Yeah. Get, Call twice the twice yeah. the amount of people, yeah, and he was yeah. saying that it, it, it had so much of an effect on his business. He was getting more business, even though he was getting more complaints. He, he was making more money, wasn't he? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Great way to be living. Great way. Yeah, I'm not sure if I could personally do that, but you know. <laughs> so Mick, what's uh, what's next for you on the agenda? What's next? What is next? Um, again, so uh, what I'm using this time for right now in lockdown is again goals. Right now, I think now's the time to be putting pens of paper, writing out achievements and goals and things you want to do to become better than we were. So I'm writing out different because I find when it comes to doing my courses and my education, sometimes it could be a bit, a bit samey. So if you came to see me on a course, mm-hmm. and you came to see me again, it might be a little bit repetitive. It's like when you go and watch a stand-up comedian, you've seen him, you say, oh, he's doing the same jokes, he's doing the same stuff, and sometimes I don't want to get caught in that, so I want to find different ways, new ways, because yeah. the way I teach may help people, and they think, I like the way he teaches, but then it might not, not, not everyone will be, um, it might not be everyone's favourite way, just because it's my favourite way, and I'm passing it on, 
it yeah. might be difficult for somebody else. So I want to try and find different ways to help them. So, so that people can resonate. Yeah. So for example, if I was showing someone how to fade the way I fade, I'll have six people in the class that liked it. But I had two that wasn't sure or they find it very difficult. Now, instead of me getting all like, oh, well, why are you finding it difficult? I want to know, all right, cool. If you find that difficult, I want to find a way of how you can fade. And I, that's what I want to focus on now is just different ways to make uh, people come in our courses and pick up strong points that they can find. I always say there isn't a right or wrong way how to cut hair. It's your way. So I don't say everything when you come with my courses and come watch me how to cut hair. This is the right way how to do it. It's not. It's what works for me. But yeah. what works for me might not work for you. It might not work yeah. for my students. It might not work for them. So I want to find a solution that will work for them. So I'm finding different ways. And I'm actually learning myself, watching education, going on, on, on watching other people on social media, how they cut. And I want to find different solutions. And so that's one thing I want to do is up my game in education, make it better and improve that. Also as well, obviously, I've got a, a, um, a new shop opening up soon after lockdown. Um, and it's not actually a barber's. It's actually a hairdresser's. It's yeah a, yeah it's a, it's a it's a both so i've downsized my barber shop from at 10 stations in my barbers i've now got eight four barbers and four hairdressers so wow. downsizing but i'm actually it's just a thing where i find i found uh, i don't know about you but i find when you see another barber shop open now it's like oh, another one another one another barber yeah. shop, another barber shop you're like oh there's so many barbershops out there and you're giving everyone so many choices to choose from. And it's great to see that people are putting up these, these shops, but sometimes it can be a bit cringy. Like, oh, another barbershop. And if it, I'm saying that as a barber, what yeah. are people saying out there? And then you can see people walking past, you can, oh, another hairdressers, another barbershop. So um, also I came across, um, I, know a lot of, I know a lot of hairdressers charge a lot more than barbers why why is that why are people charging so i know a lot of i had two hairdressers on my on of course once and two barbers and the hairdressers wanted to learn fade and then the barbers wanted to learn sectioning scissor cuts long haircuts uh, and also had to do our lays with our clippers and so forth and getting to know them and chatting to them so obviously they were stronger at longer hair the hairdressers were and the barbers were stronger at fading getting talking to them and then I was asking how much they charged the barbers charged eight pounds for instance and the hairdressers are so dark we charge 50 watching them yeah. cut and you think well hang on a minute why so if I open to your hairdressers am I going to get a better haircut than I would if I go to a barbers or would I get a better it depends what you go for yeah so I, my mind was ticking and I was thinking okay well I, do I want to get a barbers I want to get a salon and I know there's I've, 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 I'm not the only one to say this but as a barber as a, as a barbershop owner and I'm sure there's loads of barbershop owners that are going to say the same thing, is problems with staff. I've, oh, lost, man, yeah. I, I've lost a lot of staff um, just because they want to branch out by themselves. Yeah. And I found as well, it's hard to find a good barber. It's hard now to find loyal barbers. Um, so to find good hairdressers and good barbers, I've got a mixture of both now. So I haven't got the worry of, of finding eight barbers to fill them stations now. I can find hairdressers and barbers to fill them stations. doesn't matter if I've got two barbers in my shop as long as I've got eight hairdressers. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to do something different. I just thought, um, trying, I haven't really put a title on it. I've called my shop Damiano Hair. So it's not like a salon or a barber. It's just, it's just something that I just want to be working on. And just when you can come in and we can cater for anyone. We can cater for ladies' hair, men's hair. It doesn't matter. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You can see you can see the logic in it. You can see the logic in it. Yeah. And I just find, I just don't understand why us barbers are charging less than a hairdresser. I just, because you're getting the same service, you're getting the same treatment. 
and I don't understand. So I'm thinking if if all our barbers we all put our prices up, then we can all be earning a lot more money. <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. Be it'd be nice if we had like a, a global movement. Yes. I know. I think that's the biggest problem. I think people undercharge for what they're doing because they're trying to they're trying to be on top of the competition. But they got to remember, it's all about you know the client will pay anything, won't they? They'll pay anything if they like the way you cut their hair. Yeah, hundred percent. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and I think people just don't. They don't. When I hear people say, "Oh, I'm charging," I don't know, twelve pound for a fade, skin fade. I don't know about you, but I'm sure you charge a little bit more than that up your way. I find it. I find it. What I find in the industry now as well. Again, when it comes back to education, I'm teaching people. People come on the classes and other people that I've met. They're too scared to put their prices up. They're too mm. scared in case of losing customers. Um. And I've always said, if you're too scared to put your prices up, you don't value yourself enough. I don't think you think you're good enough to put your prices yeah. up. So you've got to know your worth. And I think now, going through this lockdown, how much people appreciate barbers now? How many people appreciate hairdressers now? And I think we should be putting our prices up when we go back, just because of the stuff, the PPE equipment that we've got to put in and all the stuff that we've got to buy. I think now we're going to be taking more time on our haircuts in between Instead of having one in and one out, obviously now we've got to take time and clean our station, clean our tools, sterilise it properly and get the proper way. All that time we're missing out and we're going to have to put our prices up because we're going to be losing out a lot of money now. Losing out of money on, on the equipment that we're buying. And I think now clients should appreciate, and I think they do now already, how long they've gone now without haircuts. I think now they're going to look at us barbers and look at us hairdressers and think this is a need. We really need this. So we appreciate. I mean, I've, right now, I've, I'm sure you have as well. Obviously, we're not allowed to cut hair right now. We've had I've had people giving me silly offers for haircuts. Silly. Oh offers. yeah, yeah. And yes, it's so tempting. It is so tempting. So yeah, cool. Well, Jimmy, come cut my house. Come to my house and cut my hair for a hundred pound. You're like hundred pound. <laughs> but if people are offering that now, what, so they value. They they they're desperate for that haircut. So they're offering this money. So it gets me thinking. Well, why can't we be charging a lot more? Because people are offering to pay it. So obviously I'm not going to open up my shop and charge a hundred pound, but <laughs> there are people out there that appreciate uh, a service and they appreciate a good haircut and they want to be paying that money. So I think we should all be putting our prices up when we go back, not just because we think we should and we can, it's because I think we have to, we've lost out so much as well. Yeah. I, t- I totally agree with you. I could, you couldn't have said it any better. I think the fact that we have to, I mean, we're talking about wearing scrubs when we go back. Do you I know, know what I mean? As much as I'm looking forward to going back to work, I'm kind of dreading it as well because it's going to be so different. <laughs> so but different. but I think it's good to be on top of your game, like to be cleaner than the other barber, the barber next to you. But yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think customers will appreciate the lengths we're going to go to to make sure they're safe and we're safe. And I think it's so important to keep it um consistent as well because i know for the first few weeks it's so easy to go back into normality mm-hmm. yeah it's so important now to wear be wearing our masks be wearing our gloves i mean i, I think we all are for the first few weeks and then it, it, will, it will be so hard not to go back to normality to reality even customers are like nah don't worry putting the gloves on but we're gonna have to we're gonna have to keep that consistent and it's gonna be nice to see how many shops keep that consistency up mm-hmm. and how many shops start slacking in that and it's yeah. very important to keep that going because obviously we don't want I don't want to be on lockdown again. <laughs> oh, man, I know. I don't want another second of, this of that. I don't want to go back to work and stay there. So it's important that we all have to be doing that and keep it consistent uh, and keep it going. I might be wrong, but I'm sure Germany, if their numbers are rising again now, and they were the first ones to come out of lockdown, weren't they? I've heard. I've heard as well. Yeah, I heard that again, I think yesterday on the news. So, again, it just shows while we're not behind all the other countries, I think 
it's a learning curve to see how how they're doing it and what they're doing. So yeah. we don't fall for that 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 trap. Yeah. Don't go out, but go out. Stay oh, home, but don't stay home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Mick, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, Thank you so much. It's been fun. It's been nice to talk to someone outside my household, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. I bet it's just like, is, have you from Simon or any of the other guys in Wall? Yeah, we've had group chats and video calls and stuff like that. Not so often, but it's 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 it's, it's hard to keep conversation with people when it's like. What have you been up to? Nothing. There's nothing to talk about. <laughs> no one's been doing anything. So you kind of lose conversation with people because no one's really doing anything interesting. So when you do bring a family member, it's like, what have you been doing? Nothing. So it's just like nothing to talk about. So, yeah. Yeah. But I've enjoyed my... this. Thank you so much. That's all right. No, it's, it's my pleasure, mate. And you know what? I think it's, for me, like, it's a nice way to connect with people that I've always looked up to. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, we Thank go you. back, like, um i can't even remember the first sal international show i've done but i remember going back to barber connect the first one in cardiff i think it was and uh, yeah 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 was it in cardiff yeah it was in, no where was it it was yeah it was in cardiff, cardiff. and uh i remember like you being up there and chris foster and simon Shaw, and like it's so nice to connect with people now that i've obviously looked up to and you know and i'm working with chris now and Chris is a really nice guy talking to Simon as well he's still um quite intimidating <laughs> <laughs> but I remember the first time I met Simon as well he was someone like you said looking up to people it's like when I first I used, as my dad was a hairdresser I used to come to Sound International as a as a child looking up to these greats on stage on the show and you're, I was watching five uh, I'm watching Simon Shaw and MK and I'm like these guys are like barbering gods and hairdressing gods and i'm now it's like i'm working alongside with them sometimes i've got I'm like wow this is surreal i'm actually on stage with you guys yeah and when it comes to like five six years ago and i'm like oh i was watching you guys getting inspired so it is it's always um yeah it's inspiring to be to to, to be talking to people that you look up to i think in any industry uh, i'm very grateful to, to some people i don't know <laughs> how many yeah. people i affect but uh, it's i'm very grateful for people too um look at me like that sometimes because sometimes i don't realize how lucky i am to be involved in such a great company sometimes yeah. like, sometimes you sit there and you think wow that i actually this is a great place to be in because so many people want this opportunity now i'm watching so many people giving in their cvs to simon and what bringing him up and give me a chance give me a chance and i'm like <laughs> yeah. wow kind of like it's sometimes surreal so it's great and I'm, i wouldn't be part of any other company to be honest <laughs> yeah yeah no i think i think the problem is people don't appreciate the way you guys are able to um, express the way you cut. I think you can go to a lot of shows and you can go to a lot of stands, but you'll never get the same experience as what you get when you go to the wild stand. And I yeah. think that's something to hone in on. And people, people, you know, 18, 19 year olds coming into the game now don't appreciate like the fact that 10 years ago, I had to travel to London to go and see a barber. Do you know what I mean? Like and nowadays yeah. you can go, the show's all over the place, isn't it? So yeah, Mick, it's been really good having you on. Oh, one last thing. Yes. Um, if you could give a few quick words of advice to people looking to, I, I'll put this on you then. So I'll say people looking to come into what you're doing, what words of advice could you give them as in educating? Um, so to be a wild educator or just doing, yeah, say say to be a wild educator. Um, again, again, it's 
being known, being noticed. So the first thing you've got to do is, is again, just have passion. Follow your passion. If you have passion, you're going to get anything you want in life. You'll, if you really put your all into something, you're going to get rewarded and it will come back no matter what. So passion is what's going to get you where you want to be in life. And I think if you want to be an educator, if that's what you want to be doing, or you want to be sweeping floors for someone, if that's your passion, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is, whatever you got, whatever you target, is just love doing it and keep doing it because that's going to get noticed. Also, networking as well. Um, it's being around the people that inspire you, motivate you. So if it is Simon Shaw, you want to be around him. You want him to notice you. If it's anyone else in the industry, whoever you look up to, again, this is what something I did. I really look, what I loved about Simon was he was so entertaining. It's like you're at school, you always had your favorite teacher because yeah. they made education fun. So what I love about Simon, he made watching cutting hair fun and it was engaging. Sometimes you go to these shows, you kind of get bored and put off. You think that's what made it um engage, and that's what we we try and teach at World. So if to be a part of the World team as well, it's it's I tried to get myself noticed. I really tried to push myself in their competitions. I tried to put myself in front of Simon. Um, yeah. So I think if you want to get noticed, is no one's going to come knocking on your door. No one's going to say, hey, I heard you're doing really well. You really want to be around the people that inspire you. So whoever you want to be like or whoever, what company you want to be a part of, you've got to be around them. Yeah, I think that's some some good weird advice. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a great interview just like this one. Um, you know, we had a good laugh and... I, I really appreciate you guys coming on. So um, Thank you so much. It's been great. I really enjoyed it, man. So I appreciate you asking me for this. So thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. So Mick, I'm sure we'll speak again very soon. Enjoy yes, the definitely. rest of your lockdown. I'll try to, mate. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> All right, Mick. See you soon. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. 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 I hope you enjoyed that interview, guys. Um, if you want to contact me via Instagram, it's donquinn.hey or barbaculture.tv. Thanks for listening, guys.